Hey friends, welcome to the Her God Story podcast, where you will always hear a good story to encourage and inspire you in your walk with the Lord. I'm your host, Jody Kirikasta, ministry leader at Somebody Cares America International, author and traveler on this journey of faith. And I encourage you to like or follow this podcast on your favorite streaming platform so you won't miss any of my amazing guests. And just a heads up to our regular listeners, we'll be taking a production break in the month of August, but we have some amazing stories lined up to start again in September. And during the month of August, you might want to take that chance to listen to some of the episodes you've missed in the past. And have you heard about our Heard God Story podcast clubs? It's an easy way to gather together a few friends, neighbors, or colleagues to talk and encourage each other in your walk with the Lord. It's very simple. Listen to the same episode, download our prepared episode questions from HerGodStory.org, and then discuss over your favorite refreshments. It's a great way also to reach out to friends who might not know Christ yet. Include them in the conversation and see what God will do. Listening to an episode takes much less time than reading a book, and we think you'll have a lot of takers. So gather some friends together and try it out. When you do, email us at prayer at somebodycares.org so that we can be praying for you. How do you live a godly life? How do we please God? How do we be a Christian? There are a lot of answers to those questions, and we've explored several in various episodes of this podcast. Some women we've heard from are serving the Lord as pastors or in full-time ministry. Others are diligently raising their children to follow God. Some are teaching Bible studies or engaging in prayer. Each one is living to please God because they are doing what God has called them to do and what he's equipped them to do. But there's another aspect of living to please God that we haven't really talked a lot about. And honestly, we don't hear much about it at all. It seems everyone wants to get noticed. People, even Christians, do or say outlandish things to up their star power, so to speak. But there's a better way to be a true influencer in God's sight and in a God-pleasing way. The Apostle Paul writes about it in his first letter to the Thessalonians, Thessalonians 4, 9 through 12, in the New Living Translation says, But we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving one another, for God himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live, and you will not need to depend on others. My guest, Melanie Badone, has learned the beauty and power of the quiet, responsible life that Paul talks about. Melanie and I worked together a number of years ago and have recently reconnected. It's been inspiring and encouraging to hear her story and what God has been doing in and through her. She has an MBA as well as a master's degree in biblical studies and has spent the past 16 years raising her and Jason's wonderful children, working on writing and consulting projects and serving in their church. Now serving on the employee experience team for a company in Arkansas, she has gained a deep appreciation for Christian community. I know you're going to appreciate the insights God's given her about reframing our life expectations, among other things. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you so much. It's really a joy to be here. Melanie, your family life growing up was a bit challenging, but in the midst of it, you encountered God in some very sweet and wonderful ways. Share about your background and how you came to know Jesus. 
Uh, my story, I think like a lot of people, um, has hard, it has trauma, it has brokenness um, interwoven with some really beautiful things. Um, you know, my family of origin uh, was broken. Uh, my parents divorced when I was an infant. Um, my mom had a chronic illness um, since, from before I was born. She, she struggled with mental illness um, that was really undiagnosed until I was in college. college. Um, there was just a lot of uh, volatility. Um, you know, I, I grew up, you know, with a, a sense of, you know, really just trying to find my space. Um, couldn't really figure out where I belonged fully, seeking approval. I was often just trying to bring some stability to my own circumstances um, in the midst of uh, just a lot of uncertainty. Um, and so, you know, I, I sought that through trying to win the approval of others, um, really just tried to create that environment around me by how I responded, how I acted. Um, and it, you know, it created some unhealthy um unhealthy patterns that I had to break later on in life. Um, but in the midst of that, um, you know, number of, of different struggles that, that we had growing up, God met me um, in some beautiful ways. You know, one, just to say I had, I had parents who knew the Lord. My dad was, was just a rock in our lives. You know, we didn't live with him more than a couple of weekends a month, but he was constant. He was there. He was present. Um, he taught me to love Jesus. Um, I had a faith community. Uh, the beautiful thing about my story, um, one of those ways that God met us that really you can't even begin to plan or um, or put together. And later you look back and you're like, wow, how did God do that? But my um, my mom's uh, mom, my mom, my grandma, my mom's side, uh, she went to the same church all throughout my childhood that my dad went to. So even though my mom didn't go to church and I was going back and forth from parents every different weekend, I was I was at the same church every Sunday morning. Um, it was a pretty powerful thing. And I look back and I see the consistency that that provided me um, in the faith uh, community and the just the foundation of faith and the people that I encountered along that journey that impacted my life. And, and it's, it's, it's huge. Um, in fact, when I was eight years old, um, I was with my dad on the farm um, and, and he led me to a personal relationship with Jesus. And that's really where my faith journey started um, in terms of really beginning to know and understand what it means to follow Jesus um, and to build that, that personal relationship with him. Yeah. And after you made that decision uh, to follow Christ, I mean, you said you were on the farm with your dad and God started changing you. I mean, even as an eight-year-old, you know, you, we can be changed by the Lord. We don't, we don't think of ourselves as a, as a child as being all that bad, but you know, the Lord changes us because he wants us to be in him, his image. Give us some examples of the changes that uh, you recognized in your life and others recognized in your life after you accepted Christ. Yeah, there's a there's a couple things that come to mind. You know, one I remember even up into my my 40s, um, just you know, in the last few years, um, my my dad would reminisce with me about that season whenever I gave my heart to Jesus, and and he's always said, you know, Mel, I remember um, how your attitude and just your perspective and the way that you approach things it shifted at that time, whenever I gave my heart to Jesus. And, you know, even though I, I knew of Christ and I walked, you know, and I, I learned of him, I was in Sunday school, that whenever I made that personal decision, there was a shift, there was something that changed in me. Um, and then, you know, during that same season, I remember being in the car one day, and we were driving, maybe we were driving to church, I don't know, but we were on the dirt road, and we were just um, making our way into town. And I remember being a little frustrated with my dad, I was just 
in angst. And I remember like I had, I, I couldn't fig- get it, get it all figured out. And I was upset. Um, and I knew that I couldn't resolve it in that moment. And I remember just praying, um, a, a quiet prayer to the Lord in that moment. And I just asked Jesus to just to give me a heart change, to just let me release it, help me to let it go. Um, and it was just the sweetest memory. But in that moment, I just, I just felt the peace of the Lord. And he just, he did empower me just to let that moment go. And I was able just to move on. Um, and it's a small thing, but incredibly powerful if we look at it in the, in the, in the sense of just heart change and how God really does meet us um, in, in that way. And what a sweet memory, because that really seared in your heart and your life that God interacts with you on a personal level. And I'm sure you drew on that many, many times over the years, knowing that when you called out to God, he was going to answer. Absolutely. You know, when we put our faith in Jesus' work on the cross and his resurrection, we are immediately justified, made right in God's sight. And the Holy Spirit starts working in our lives to make us more like Jesus. But it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. We are justified in God's sight. But the actual process, it takes a little while. In fact, all our lives. Melanie, when you were in college, you had a profound experience that helped further that process in your life. Tell us about that. Certainly. Well, I alluded to to some of the unhealthy patterns that I'd created just to cope and to um, get through sometimes as a as a child, um, and those really did develop. You know, well, you know those two strand those two threads going in my life at the same time. You know, I was growing in Christ, really leaning into the Lord, and um, developing just a, a sweet relationship, sweet communion, and intimacy with Him. You know, I also had this other other you know aspect of my life where I was just broken. You know, I was just broken kid trying to find my way um, and um, just seeking the approval of others, insecure, uh, really um, just not whole. Um, so you know, I was in college um, and um, ended up working with uh, our summer missions program and ended up at, on an eight-week trip to uh, Cameroon and Chad, Africa after my freshman year of college. Um, during this time, you know, you can kind of picture I'm, you know, this, this young girl trying to figure out life, you know, wanting to serve the Lord with everything yet broken. Um, and, you know, I ended up with some, as you can imagine, you know, being out in the bush of Africa, um, you're really away from all communications. Things just start coming out. Like, you know, the, just the, the true, the stuff in your heart, you know, um, it's just right there in the open. Um, and, and you have to kind of deal with it. And so, there were some team dynamics that happened and just kind of got to this place where I realized I've got to, I've got to deal with whatever this is because I'm just not interacting in a healthy way. There was a uh, older uh, brother in the Lord on our team that really just in the gentlest and kindness of uh, ways, he set me aside and he said, Mel, I just want to talk to you. And he, he really guided me um, through just some, some encouragement um, and, and I think even just from his own journey, um, encouraged me to really just begin to lay out all of the things in my life that had um, been painful, um, just uh, journal out those spaces that I had really never just fully resolved. Um, and it was during that time, I didn't have the option of, you know, going to counseling. You know, we were in the middle of middle of the bush. But I, I began to, in my own quiet time with the Lord, um, journal out uh, prayers, journal out memories, um, and begin asking the Lord to enter those places with me. Um, began to wor- walk through areas of forgiveness and just adding, uh, just inserting truth, the truth of God's word, the truth of who He says I am, into those places. Um, you know, using the Word of God and worship, and and just 
really just fellowship with with Jesus. Um, and he met me um, as a mighty counselor. And, and the, the only way I can really describe it, Jody, is I went through just um, heart surgery that summer, spiritual heart surgery. And I came back changed, you know, and, and similar to any kind of healing process, you know, it's a process. It's definitely a process, but we we have to walk it out. We have to, to be gentle with ourselves. But something changed in me, the, my demeanor, the way I carried myself, the way I interacted, there was a shift. Um, and it was because I had become whole. He had, he had worked a healing work in me that only he could do. Yeah. And it was so important that you leaned into God. I mean, I'm not saying counselors are wrong. There are, they are some godly, wonderful counselors that help us through, but the Lord, the Holy spirit was your counselor during that time and really spoke truth to you through the word of God. You know, we, as we've talked, we've, you shared with me how important and impactful Christian community has been in your life. And after you graduated from college, you went across the country to graduate school and God set you in community there that really shaped your life. Share a little about the process of your getting to Virginia in the first place and how God set you in community. Whenever I finished college, you know, I, I really wasn't tied down to anyone or anything and just the world before me and still this, you know, passionate um, young adult that wanted to make a, a huge impact on the world for Jesus. Um, you know, I felt like the next step God was calling me to was grad school. So I was making plans over the summer to uh, make my way to Virginia Beach. Didn't know anyone. I was, you know, living in Arkansas at home that summer um, after school, and um, you know, I I had met some people, you know, through the experience of of uh, beginning to to start my my journey um, at school. But um, it was just a new area for me. I didn't I didn't have any any other strong connections. Um, and quick little story, you know, as I'm going through this process, um, you know, just the world before me. Um, I, I had a couple of encounters where my doubts just started coming in those fears of like, what am I doing? And, you know, um, I, I really, um, began to question that next step, um, and just had a lot of fear, um, in that process, you know, really, again, another one of those just God encounters where I just really got before the Lord and began to ask him, Lord, what do you have for me? What is this? And, you know, this angst that's building in my heart, like I've got to deal with this. I can't move forward without you, without knowing that you are, you know, that, you are uh, leading and guiding me in this next step because it's a big one. You know, not all of our decisions are, are that, that big or that drastic, but in this season, I knew that this is one that I really needed his direction. You know, over a period of a few days, I was just struggling with this doubt and this um, insecurity and this fear. Um, and in my time with the Lord, um, really just asked him to, to begin to confirm or to just give me, um, to, to give me a new, a new direction. I, I, w- I went to sleep one night a few days into this process. And I just said, Lord, if I don't wake up in the morning and have this sense that this is from you, this peace, you know, I, I'm just going to call the school and tell them I'm not coming and, you know, just take a pause and figure out what it is you do have for me. And that next morning, Jody, I can count on one hand the number of times I've felt that much peace in my life, but I woke up with this just utter sense of God's peace and pleasure over this next decision in my life. And um, I mean, it was such a gift. And I remember, you know, asking, you know, the Lord just in, in just in a casual conversation, you know, what, what did you have in that? What was going on? And he, you know, I, and the response I got was, you know, Mel, I, there's going to be times when you're going to need to know that this was what I had for you. I wanted you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is where I have you. This is the next step for your life. Um, and so, you know, off I went to Virginia, you know, this is, you know, early 2000, you know, nine 11 happened a year after I got there and, you know, I began to develop um, community 
um, even before that, but on 9-11, um, there was a group of us that had just started seminary together. Um, and that night, um, in the midst of this massive, you know, trauma in our nation, you know, we gathered at my house um, and we prayed. And we just had this really, really precious prayer time over our nation, over the situations that were occurring. What really formed from that was um, some of the, the sweetest friendships and um, community, you know, that authentic, deep community of just doing life together. Um, you know, we, it was a group that um, stayed together for several years and some of them actually ended up um, planning a church together. Um, there's just a lot of, a lot of beautiful things that came out of that, but it was just one of those first tastes I have of authentic, deep Christian community in my adult life. And um, it was, it was precious and it wasn't the the last, you know, shortly after the Lord um, led me through um, other, some other beautiful events to a small community church in Chesapeake, Virginia. And um, it was a, a church that didn't have a large, like um, young adult ministry, but it was, I was drawn to the church because they had families and I was craving to be in a family. And so I thought, you know, just as I found a church, you know, what a beautiful thing. If I want to be in a family to, to be in a church made of families. And um, really it was just a, a sweet space um, that the Lord gave me during that time. And really the relationships that I have today including my marriage and the family that I have um, emerged from that season. Yeah. You just said, you know, your, your marriage and a lot of relationships emerged from that uh, spiritual support that you had. Um, and in that process, God was ministering to you that sense of belonging that you'd struggled with when you were a child that you mentioned struggling with. So how did God minister that sense of belonging to you and, and share the story of how you and Jason met and eventually married? You know, I had gotten involved at at um, the, this church in um, in Chesapeake and really began to develop some some relationships. And during this time, um, I, I really saw a need to. You know, I mentioned there wasn't a, a large young adult ministry, and I saw a need for you know for just to to lead a group um, of young adults that could um, you know that were in college or, or, or outside just outside of college that could really do life together and, and continue to build that community. Um, so I went to this small group meeting, um, small group, I guess, leaders interest meeting, if you will. And, um, you know, I got it. Everyone had to go around to share kind of what was it that they had on their mind or on their heart. And, you know, I shared, you know, just just how I'd like to help um, start a small group for uh, young adults so that we could just do life together in that season of life. Um, and um, shortly after a, a young man came in the room, um, he had been in a class and he was late to the meeting, but, you know, came around to his turn and he said, you know, ba- basically the exact same thing I did. You know, he wanted to lead a, uh, he wanted to start a small group for young adults so they could do life together. And so after the meeting, I, I went up to him, introduced myself and said, Hey, um, you said the same thing I did. Uh, why don't we lead a small group together? And he said, okay, what's your number? That's how our friendship began. Um, that's um, who eventually um, I'm married. This is my husband, Jason, that I'm talking about. But, you know, it started as a friendship. You know, he was a few years younger than me. Um, I really didn't um, have an interest in him at first. Um, we just began to meet as, as small group leaders, developed a friendship. And it wasn't until months later that um something just shifted in our relationship and, and it happened quickly. Um, during that time, I was just about to graduate from my grad studies um, and about to head out um, to Turkey for the summer to uh, work with um, 
and serve some missionaries that were getting launched. Jason and I, you know, in our first early weeks of dating, early months of dating, we fell in love over AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> um, you know, I'd, at, the, at the end of my day, I'd go and jump on the, you know, dial into the internet and um, sit in a, a, a kind of a secluded office. And I'd just sit there and just, um, we would just have conversations over instant messenger. And um, I remember waking up one morning and I, I told my, uh, my friend who I was staying with, like, I think I fell in love. <laughs> and I'm looking out over the, you know, over the Mediterranean and just thinking, you know, how did this happen? But, um, you know, the Lord had just done a really beautiful work in my heart. Uh, I got home that summer and I had um, hired Jason to um, take care of my property. I had owned a little townhouse in, um, in Virginia Beach and I had asked him to take care of my property while I was out of town. And so I had written a check for him, you know, just to pay him for, for that task that he took on for me. And um, I remember this is one of the most profound things in this season, but uh, very simple, but um, wrote him the check, handed it to him and, and he, he voided the check and then he handed it back to me and he said, no, I did this because I, I want to take care of you. And something about that moment just struck a chord in me um, of this sense of just being fully loved, fully cared for and um, fully belonging that I, I, it was, um, it was a, a very simple gesture, but it um, it was a gift from the Lord. It really was just uh, recognizing that um, even in this man that God had put before me to take care of me, that um, the Lord was taking care of me. And he had, he had always taken care of me. Melanie and I worked together for a bit, helping provide care for widows and orphans and others in crisis situations, which is very important to God. You know, friends, there are widows as well as orphans all over the world, even now, who need to experience the tangible expression of God's love. Many have special needs that we as a company of women can meet together. Would you consider joining us with a special gift to help? Just go to hergodstory.org and click on the widow and orphan tab at the top of the page. Now we've heard a little of how God used community, the body of Christ in Melanie's life, but there's more. Melanie, it was in the context of community that God helped you deal with your fear of rejection and also taught you how to develop deep, caring relationships with other believers. You know, it reminds me of 1 Peter 1.22 that says, now that you've purified yourself by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for one another, love one another deeply from the heart. So there's more love to come. Tell how God used community to refine your character and also how you fostered that sense of loving community in a new place when God moved your family to Arkansas. Absolutely. Yeah. That story just comes full circle, doesn't it? So, you know, I, I mentioned how earlier um, in my story, you know, God had met me in a powerful way and brought a lot of healing. But you know, as we all know that, you know, we never quite reached that, that full sense of wholeness and completeness completion here on earth. Like we're never going to be fully whole and fully, healed, um, but it's a journey. And so even though I was operating from this, this, this space of wholeness, you know, there were still just broken spaces in me. You know, I think one of the things I struggled with throughout my life um, has been just that um, fear of um, fear of rejection, fear of um, being passed over. Um, and it's something that I've just had to continually give back to the Lord. Um, and it's certainly affected um you know, I think it could have greatly affected my ability to engage in community and really lean into community because it's a vulnerable space, right? Um, but I remember um, there was a, a season 
um, in which God really dealt with this again in a, in a powerful way. I was leading women's ministry as a young mom uh, at this same church where the Lord planted me and Jason, and we started our life together. And, um, you know, we had an encounter, you know, it was just, it was a, a simple, um, I think, woman's breakfast that we had on a, a Saturday morning. And, and there's, you know, just a, uh, an encounter that happened that kind of made me, it, it, it made me feel really um, like I had messed up or I had just missed the mark. Um, and, and that little thing, that little tiny thing really, um, I can see how I think the enemy used that to just um, maybe get at that, that vulnerability that I had in my heart already, that, that fear I had of just being rejected or being passed over or um, not being enough. Um, and so later that day, um, I just kept kind of looking back on that morning and what had happened. And I was just really struggling with it. And it just kind of grew throughout the day, um, all throughout until that evening. Um, I went to bed and I got woken up in the middle of the night, just um, really, I think I, it's probably okay to say I was tormented with just this this fear of um, having having missed the mark, um, and it and it was bigger than it should have been, but it really accentuated, I think, the um, the the brokenness that I was operating from. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night and just um, getting out my journal, getting out my Bible, and just spending time before the Lord and asking Him to just meet me in that space because I knew that this wasn't from Him, and this is was this were lies that the enemy was was trying to just plant um, in my heart. Um, and, and I knew I was, I was fighting a battle, you know, in the midst of that overnight uh, experience, I picked up a book off my shelf and it happened to be um, a book I had not read yet, but I had on my shelf. It was Beth Moore's So Long Insecurity. And um, would you know that I opened the book and the page I landed on was that prayer of release, that prayer of freedom that she um, writes out in that book. So of all the places, um, that was where I landed. And I, you know, I spent um, an hour or more just praying through every single word and, and asking God to meet me through the truth of his word that was so evident in that prayer. Um, and there was something that was broken over me that night. Like I just, I, I, I went to bed at peace. And I went to bed having laid that to rest. And, and it was just another step in that journey of healing. Um, you know, and there's just places where we just need the truth of God's word. We need to encounter him because there's places in us that we can't do it on our own <laughs> and we were broken. Um, but you know, it was, you know, it really came to light through community, but it was through the truth of God's word that he met me and allowed me to, to really heal. You know, another part of that, you mentioned just my um, my journey to to Arkansas. So, you know, we're we're doing life uh, in this church with other with other families. You know, we're raising our girls. I just had my my third daughter, Emmy, and um, Jason comes to me one day and he says, "No, you know, we've got a job offer from Arkansas. You know, and I've got an opportunity to to move there. You know, to work with family." And um, you know, the first thing I said, I looked at him. I said, "Why would we move? We're so happy here." And I truly meant that from this space of you know our community and the faith. Um, the, the faith community that we had around us and the, the uh, people and the relationships that made that season so sweet. Um, well, you know, turn of events, you know, the, the Lord was leading us to Arkansas and, you know, very quickly he shifted our hearts and really uh, made it clear that was what he had for us. And so um, within a few months, we, we began that transition back to Arkansas. 
So here I am coming from a church, ascending church in, in Virginia. We were, you know, we felt very much at the core of that, that we were part of that core team that send, sent people out. And then all of a sudden, here we are, the sent. You know, we weren't the senders anymore, um, but here we are, the sent, moving to Arkansas and starting uh, to build community all over again. Um, remember that first Sunday um, at this large church where we, where we, um, uh, joined up and, and connected. And I remember walking in that, in that foyer of that, of that building and feeling just absolutely overwhelmed. Um, I was, I cried, <laughs> I cried because it was just, it was just too much. Um, and I, I remember just feeling that, 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 um, yearning for, um, home, that yearning for belonging that we had. Um, and yet again, you know, knowing that this is what God had for us, you know, we began to walk that out and begin to and engage in community and do the things that you do to build those relationships and show up with your, your full selves and your authentic selves. And, you know, here we are, you know, over 10 years later, and we are doing life with one of the most beautiful faith communities we've ever walked with. And, you know, we, we hold some, some precious, precious relationships from our time in Virginia. Um, but God has met us here and he's placed us here. We've been able to be um, just surrounded by friends who are family that we do life together and they challenge us and help us to be the best versions of ourselves for the, for the kingdom that we can be. Um, again, is it perfect? No, you know, there's, there's, there's no, never a perfect group, but man, I, we just, we just get to do life with some, some amazing people. You know, Melanie, stepping into or committing to a community like you're talking about can be really scary for people because you said, you know, you have to you have to be vulnerable. You have to open yourself up and and let people know you if you want to be known and you want to know them. So when you were in that process trying to, you know, establish or become a part of that kind of community again, what were some of the things that you had to determine in your heart and do to make that happen? Because it doesn't just happen by sitting at home alone and even just sitting at home and praying about it. It takes some action on our part, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I don't know if there's a formula for sure, but what I've seen work and what I've seen consistently throughout my own experience and building that beautiful, authentic faith community um, is, you know, first of all, just showing up, you know, you have to show up, but not just once you show up again, and you show up again and again and again, and you show up when you don't feel like showing up. You know, I, I remember being a part of even a, a, a prayer group um, with some, some sweet women in my home. And, you know, there were days that we had that scheduled time would be creeping up and Jody, I would feel like that was the last thing I wanted to do. But I knew it was what God had for me. You know, I knew it was the right thing. And and, and it was interesting because I, I wanted it. But in that moment, like there were times when I just didn't feel it. Um, but you just show up. You, you do it even when you don't feel it. Um, and, and hopefully eventually you feel it. And it's really good because it gets really sweet. So overcoming that at first is just that consistency. Um, and then I think it's, you know, showing up with your true self. You know, I mentioned my own struggle with um, rejection and just that fear of, of, of being set aside or being uh, passed over. And, and it's really easy, I think, for all of us. So we want people to see the side of us we want them to see. But the truth is we really can't develop that deep, authentic community until we're willing to show some of those vulnerable spaces, those those places that aren't really 
polished and and put together but you know because we all have areas of brokenness we all have areas of pain we all have areas that we're still working through um, but when you begin to let people into those spaces that's when it really forms that's when that like, true community really forms when you're able to 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 lean in with people in their hard spaces and 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 walk through those places pray through those places encourage people in those places and let them do the same and then finally you know just that space of of all of this is meaningful and it can happen really i think in in any kind of context but what makes our faith community so special is that we do this when we center it around the word and we center it around prayer and you know whenever we add in that element of of our faith and and really taking the truth of god's word and letting that be center and taking the power of prayer and letting that be be what what binds us together that's when it gets really rich and that's whenever it becomes powerful and and transformative that's good. You know, in addition to be, be surrounded by a, a wonderful, caring a group of believers at various stages of your life, God has also made his presence known to you as uh, he's held you through some difficult times, like the death of your mom and years later, your dad. Can you share about those times? Those are some, um, some big moments for sure. Um, you know, Jason and I, um, got married um, in 2005, um, just a few months before that, you know, I mentioned that my mom had been chronically ill all throughout her life. Um, and it really came to a head just a few months before my before my wedding. Um, she ended up having a stroke and ended up in a nursing home and really just um, wasn't functioning well um, after that point. Nine months later, fast forward after our wedding, and um, you know, she's, she's in hospice care um, so I, I travel home uh, to be with her um, and my sister and, you know, we are um, just by her side. Um, and the Lord gave us some really precious moments in the midst of that. Um, you know, she was probably coherent um, for some of the, the first times and, you know, in several months I was able to, to really connect with her um, in, a, in a sweet way. I think she wanted to know, make sure that I was taken care of and that I had, you know, that I had a family to, to, to take care of me. Um, but you know, if I, she passed away then I, um, that week, um, just, you know, after a couple of days of just being able to be there and I was grateful to, to be able to usher her into the presence of the Lord. Um, and I can be confident of that. Um, you know, she, she had a lot of struggles throughout her life, but one of the, the most beautiful gifts God gave me in the midst of all of that is, um, you know, just, uh, about six months before my wedding, you know, I'd, I'd gone home for a visit and I remember sitting with my mom you know, on her bed, um, you know, not the best of circumstances. She was struggling so much and she had struggled all her life, but, um, just had, had experienced so much, I think, um, just angst and bitterness and resentment and pain. Um, and, and all of it was really, um, exacerbated from her mental illness. She just had a hard time dealing. Um, but I sat there with her and, and was talking through just circumstances of her life. And she was able to share with me, and there was a demeanor that had just shifted in her, but she was able to share with me how she had just really been able to come to peace with the Lord, peace with others, and really had walked in some forgiveness. And, you know, it wasn't a, a, a you know, a significant amount of like just um, spiritual uh, wisdom and maturity, but there was a space of just healing and peace. Um, and I really believe that was a gift that the Lord gave me to be able to see and, and be confident that she was good with the Lord. She was in a space where she was ready to meet, meet her maker. 
And that was um, really precious. Looking back on that season, um, when I think about it and I kind of retrace the, the circumstances that were taking place, I think, man, I should have been a mess. I should have been just really um, unable to deal because my mom was dying and I was trying to get married. Um, and I wonder there. Um, but I, I look back and I just remember being carried by the grace of the Lord in, in just a really precious way. Um, I, I knew it was hard. But I was okay. I was just in him. I was just hidden in him. And I was able to experience the joy of those uh, the, of my wedding and of those early um, those early months of, of marriage. And you know, God just met us throughout that whole process, through the grief. Um, and it wasn't even just maybe a few months after uh, my mom passed away that I looked at Jason and I said, "You know, uh, um, you know, we always wanted to to start a family, but I told him, I, was, I think I'm, I'm ready to start a family, you know, and, and it was almost like this, just the sweetness of like, okay, let's, let's keep living well. Um, and, you know, would you believe that um, we soon conceived, uh, brought home my daughter, my first daughter, Sherilyn, on the one year anniversary of my mom's passing. Um, and, you know, not that she in any way replaced um, that loss. But it was just such a beautiful reminder to me that God brings life in the midst, even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of loss, even in the midst of things we don't understand. Like he continues to bless. He continues to care um, and to bring good. Um, so, so yeah, certainly through uh, the loss of my mom, I, I saw God show up in so many beautiful ways. You know, my dad, you know, since a, from the time I was a little girl, I shared stories about my dad already, um, but he was such a rock in our family. Um, I have three sisters, you know, and for all of us, you know, he has just showed up so beautifully, um, so intentional, so faithful, not perfect, but so precious. And, you know, we've heard from so many people um, throughout our lives, just what a, what a precious man of God and what a blessing he's been to so many. Uh, well, there was a Thursday morning in December of 2021. I was on my way to work and I got a call from my dad. And I, I remember just having the most, the sweetest conversation with him on the way to my, um, my office that morning and um, just hearing about what's going on with him. He was having a little bit of, you know, health issues that week. And I, um, I just got to connect with him and, you know, we were making plans to talk the next day. Um, and that, that Thursday night, um, I got a call late into the evening um, that my dad had passed um, unexpectedly um, from a, a massive heart episode. And, um, you know, this changed my life. Um, in a moment, um, my life, my sister's lives, my, my sweet stepmom's life, um, they changed forever. You know, the rug just really got um, swept out from underneath us. We didn't know how to do life without my dad. He was just always there. He was so big in our lives. And, you know, when you lose someone so big in your lives, it creates a big hole. <laughs> Um, and yet, um, he was simply a reflection of the love of my heavenly father. Um, and my, um, he wasn't, he wasn't able to be what my heavenly father was to me. And, and so in that grief, in that loss, you know, where else would I turn but to the Lord? Um, and, you know, he really did carry me. He carried me and my sisters and my stepmom, um, through that season. Um, you know, it's still fresh. It's still new. Um, one of the gifts that God has given us through this is that God has just drawn us all, all five of us together in just a really precious way. Um, we've been able to, I think, build even a stronger uh, relationship um, 
than we ever have and just cling to one another and um, continue to minister to one another in the midst of this pain and just to walk through this season um, together. Um, he's been amazing just to bring us through. Um, there was a day early in the grief process. I didn't know how I'd ever be able to feel joy again, how I'd ever be able to to see straight again. Um, and yet here we are today. And I think you see the smile on my face, Jody, but um, he's been so good. He's been so good just to meet me in this, in this pain, in this space. Um, there's still days that I can't see straight, that it hits me, you know, from the side. And, you know, you just think, you know, how on earth are we here? Um, but um, I also see his goodness all around me. Um, my community was a huge part of that, just the sustaining support, um, showing up. I mean, literally that day, showing up, bringing food, being present, just sitting with me in my my deep, deep pain. Um, one of the most precious gifts. Um, I could cry just, just thinking about how they just showed up. And they just were there and they just loved me. Um, and to have that gift in the midst of such loss is one of the most beautiful things I think on this planet is to walk through hard, hard spaces and have the people around you that that just want to do life with you and just want to be there, good or bad, in the hard and in the in the wonderful. It's really created in me, Jody, a, um, you know, I think these losses, but specifically this last one, just, um, I think cultivated this eye towards eternity. You know, I'm, I, I'm fully ready to, to live, you know, I'm hoping, you know, 50 more years, you know, and, and just, um, live fully, you know, for, for the Lord. I'm not in a rush to get home, but at the same time, I'm living for eternity. I'm living for what's to come. I'm living for home, that true place, that place of, of true belonging where we're gonna, we're gonna be together forever with, with our, with our Lord. Um, there's, there's truly, um, I think when you begin to walk through seasons of loss like this, you have the, the ability, I think, to see things a little bit differently and shape your days, um, with eternity in mind. And, and I think that's how God wants us to live, but man, the losses really, I think, give us a perspective. Melanie, I I mentioned how, uh, how we worked together for a while. So I know, I know how competent and how knowledgeable you are. You have multiple degrees and you, you even have a sensed a call to full-time ministry. But when you became a mom, you knew God was calling you to make that a priority along the way. God has reframed your understanding of your calling uh, and everyone's calling. Explain that a bit in light of the process that he's taken you through. Yeah, this is a big one, Jody. Um, I think probably uh, one that's taken me decades to reconcile. Um, and I'm, I'm still walking that out. When I was growing up, Jody, and in, in my teens, I began to really um, just continue to lean into um, wanting to serve the Lord with, with my whole life, with my whole heart. Um, and I truly did have a sense of calling to um, full-time ministry, you know, and, and I don't know if, if some of that was, was shaped by, you know, the culture around me, which, which really, um, you know, there's often these, you know, these um, encouragements to, you know, you know, is God calling you to full-time ministry? You know, are you, you know, if you're really sold out for the Lord, perhaps that's the direction, you know, that he has for you to go. And, and I'm sure there was some of that um, mixed with just, I, I think, a, a sense of like, God, I'm yours. I want to just serve you with my whole life. Um, and so from a, from the time I went to college, you know, my, my focus was, um, was ministry. Um, I, I got a 
undergraduate in, in biblical literature, went on to seminary and business school. Um, and, you know, there's a sense of even at college, you know, dream big, you know, do big things for God, you know, all wonderful things. But, you know, I think that um, the way it was shaped and the way that I interpreted it really um, created for me this expectation that, you know, that's success. That's really how you make an impact on this world is you, you know, get into ministry and you just um, make a splash, you know, you make a big splash. You know, not all of it was necessarily misplaced um, in the sense of, you know, I, I do feel like there's, um, you know, for many, a, a very strong vocational calling, which I just, I love. And and I do hope to, to continue to be in, in, in ministry capacities in different areas of my life throughout the future. Uh, but But at the same time, I think it can look different. For so many people, and, and it certainly has looked different for me. So I've I've probably spent you know the last several decades you know reframing what does it look like to really succeed as a, a Christ follower to really to 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 say I made an impact or to say that it mattered, and I think that's where it kind of lands for me, Jody. Is all I've wanted ever is just for it all to matter, you know, for for my life to have a strong impact and and to, to feel like at the end of the day that he didn't pass me over. Um, you know, and, and so when Jason and I um, began um, raising our family, you know, it, we, we did feel very strongly that this was um, this was the space that I wanted to enter, that we, we knew God had for me. Um, and so I, I, I laid aside my career and, and focused primarily on being a mom. Um, I'm grateful that that was a, a choice I was able to make um, and that we were able to make it work. Um, it was hard, but it was really beautiful. Um, I was able to to do some, you know, some freelance work and um, be involved in continuing to use um, some of my some of my skills. Um, but um, I was able to to put my primary focus on my girls, and really saw that as a calling. I'm really grateful um, for those years. I mean, it's just in the last couple of years that I've reentered um, full time work in a full time capacity, and I just look back and have zero regrets about, about that season. Yeah. I remember, uh, when we were talking about this initially, you mentioned that idea of living a quiet life and how that really impacted you, that, that concept in, in first Thessalonians that I read about early on. Um, and just how you had to lean into that a little bit more, uh, than, than maybe you had ever thought about before. Absolutely. What I do know, Jody is, is this, um, success and a life that's poured out for Christ in the world, it can take many forms. And, you know, for me in my season with my girls, it, it was showing up daily for them. It was laying down my preferences and, um, you know, my conveniences to, to be there for them. Um, you know, great impact doesn't often or even usually mean that large platform that ministry title, or even just uh, the renown or the praise of others. You know, I think we we sometimes look at that and it's, it's easy to cling to those things because they're tangible and they give us that tangible sense of like satisfaction and, and even like, um, like approval, like, okay, I'm doing it. I've got this. Um, but that what is, what is success? What is success in the kingdom? And, you know, I think what the Lord has shaped and taught me, you know, slowly over time, um, it's not something that's come, you know, even even overnight, but that 
that true success, that true mark of a life that's well-lived is about obedience. It's about surrender. It's about that day in, that day out faithfulness. You know, there's a million little moments of showing up in the lives of your children, in the lives of your community. Um, You know, I remember there was a, you know, my pastor's wife um, at my wonderful church in Virginia, you know, she was a, just a significant um, she had a significant impact on on my life and on my perspective, and she's the one, Jody, that first you know just really made that that scripture just ring so true for me. That you know that as you mentioned, that make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and to work with your hands, and 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 just the power of recognizing that that can be your ambition. That's just not that's not just the side note that that in the in the kingdom in the upside down kingdom that we serve, the one where you're great when you're small, when you're mighty, when you're humble, you know, it, that can be your ambition and that can be enough to just focus in on, on being faithful, on being obedient um, and, and, and stewarding, you know, what God puts in your path on a daily basis. What does he put in front of you? How are you stewarding those moments and those opportunities um, to make an impact for him? You know, and again, they add up over time you know, in that um, reframing, it's always a temptation to look out and and wonder, okay, does it matter? But truly, we've already been told what matters, you know, in the word of God. And to really, to to lean into that is one of the most powerful things. Melanie, you've you've talked about, you know, our goal should always be to live a life that pleases God. And in this season of your life, what does that mean? So, you know, I, I alluded back to, you know, back in college when, you know, we heard just, you know, from everywhere, you know, in the, in the faith community, dream big, do big things for God, you know, but what if um, I could dream big about showing up for my girls every day? What if I could dream big about um, raising them to be faithful Christ followers and, and love Jesus with all their hearts? What if I could dream big about being faithful to my husband and, and building a healthy marriage and, and, and being a, a, a rock for our family and showing up for my community? What if I dream big about um, being, you know, in a, in a faith community that, um, that makes an impact on the world around us simply just by living faithful lives and showing up in the way that God allows us to. Um, what if I dream big about just being faithful and obedient to the Lord and, and allowing him to truly be Lord of my life and, and, and laying down my will, uh, surrendering, um, to his plan. Um, it's, that's something I think the Lord has been teaching me a lot about lately. It's just that, that greatness that comes through serving that's laying down of, of, um, my will um, to to truly tap into the the fullness of 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 his um, his purpose, um, and sometimes that looks different than what I think I want. Um, yet, really, just that space of surrender that that surrender that we can have um, with the Lord. There's nothing greater than letting go of what we think we want to yield to what He has for us. It's hard. It is hard. It is hard. And it's antithetical to the world for sure, but it is, it is the path of life. Well, Melanie, as we close, would you share about a woman in the Bible who's inspired or encouraged or taught you something? One that really um, has impacted me lately. Um, I actually got to go see a um, sight and sound uh, production about Esther recently. And man, she has, um, her story has just really been 
uh, significant and specifically in this season of life where I do have a few things that are just uncertain. I just don't understand fully why the circumstances are what they are. Um, but I, I looked at Esther's life and I saw her walking into circumstances beyond her control. I don't even know for sure, like how surrendered she was to the Lord, but I do know that she was in some, she was seen by God and she was in circumstances beyond her control. She certainly um, wasn't walking in a space that she envisioned probably for her life or for what, what her life would look like. Um, But in the midst of that, we learn that God truly is involved in the intimate details of our lives, that no matter where we're placed, um, what can God do with a willing vessel who just simply obeys, who simply um, chooses to say yes to the Lord, chooses maybe the harder path that he's, you know, that we can, we can be, we can trust that he's, he is in the middle of it. Um, and he hasn't, um, just left us on our own, but he's there and he's holding us. You know, as I think about community and living a life that pleases God, I'm drawn to Ephesians chapter four, which talks about both of those things and how they relate to one another. So I'm going to read a little bit more than I normally do at the close of one of these podcasts, uh, from Ephesians four, uh, from the NIV version. Paul writes, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of it all, who are over all and through all and in all. Of course, that's talking about community, right? Honoring that community that God-given community. But now I'm skipping down to verse 21. When you heard about Christ, you were taught to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on a new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we're all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on while you're angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, for they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Now, notice Paul did not admonish believers to make a name for themselves by climbing the corporate ladder or breaking glass ceilings or by stimulating oratory or any number of other things that uh, many view as great in our earthly life. Of course, those aren't necessarily bad if they're done in the context of following Christ to bring him glory. But Paul talks about living life in a way that is antithetical to the world's way. And that will cause people to take notice so we can share about Christ. Let's let the Holy Spirit reframe our thinking of how Christ has called us to live. Melanie, would you take a moment and pray for our listeners? Jesus, I'm just so grateful for your goodness. Um, and that you truly are intimately involved in the details of our lives. Lord, I pray for these precious listeners. Um, first, Lord, would you meet them 
in the middle of their story, Lord, would they see and be convinced of your loving hand, your, your healing hand, your constant presence, your faithful care in the midst of whatever it is that they are facing in this season of their lives. Lord, and second, I just ask that you'd help um, each of us frame our lives in the context of the eternal kingdom that we are a part of, this upside down kingdom, Lord, that we could find success in the simple acts of obedience, that we would learn to value um, that space of, of simply just being faithful to you and being uh, good stewards of what you place in front of us. That would be uh, what we aim for, um, is to just be obedient followers. And then lastly, Lord, I just pray you'd surround each of us, each of them with the joy of loving, authentic community. Lord, what a priceless gift. Lord, would you cultivate um, this in their lives through authenticity, Lord, through showing up and just through the power of your word and through prayer, Lord. It is honor and honor, Lord, um, just to to be yours. Um, Give us a deep, deep love for those around us, for one another. Lord, use our life today for your glory and your name. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in. In our show notes at hergodstory.org, you'll find scriptures and other information we talked about. And don't forget to sign up for our emails and get a free six-week devotional book on women of the Bible to download for free. Or you may want to purchase the 12-week devotional on women of the Bible for just $12, knowing all proceeds go to our widow and orphan fund. And if you enjoyed this podcast, consider starting a Her God Story podcast club. You can find more information at hergodstory.org. We'd also love to pray with you on our 24-7 prayer and text line. So give us a call anytime at 855-459-CARE or email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. And now, dear friends, I bless you from Colossians 1, verses 9 and 10. May God give you complete knowledge of his will, as well as the spiritual wisdom and understanding, so you will live in a way that always honors and pleases the Lord and produces every kind of good fruit. Her God Story is a ministry of Somebody Cares America and International. To find out more about or support the ministry, go to somebodycares.org.